All right, glad you're with us. Right down our toll-free telephone number. We just got this out of Baton Rouge. There was uh, a, we thought for a few minutes, uh, WWL-TV reporting Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, a little panic. There was some situation involving some shooting authorities, paramedics swarming a Walmart in Baton Rouge, um, reports of a shooting. Officers responded in four minutes uh, later turned out to be inaccurate. Instead, they say the two people pulled guns on each other during a fight near the store's customer service desk. Great. That's really that's really a brilliant move on people's part. You know, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you some anybody that wants my unsolicited advice about fighting and about being Mr. or Mrs. Tough Guy. I'm just going to give you my unsolicited advice. Linda, you would be able to vouch for the fact that there's been a few people in the course of the years. You've worked with me on this show and you've seen me out in public. People know that I train mixed martial arts and that I defend myself and I take defense of me and my family very seriously. What do I usually do if such a situation arises? I do everything possible to what? Make sure I go first. <laughs> go ahead, Linda. Go get him. Yeah. Okay. Now tell the truth. I do everything possible to what? Defuse. Yeah. Walk you, away. Absolutely. Not engage. Absolutely. And I'll be honest. I kind of am confident in my skills, and you know, there's a part of me that uh, knows when you have the confidence, you can defend yourself. I'm not talking about firearms at all here. You have the confidence that you know you're trained. You can defend yourself. And it doesn't mean you can't be beat. Anybody can be beat. Cheap shot. Somebody hits you overhead with a two-by-four or a bat from behind. You're not going to win that fight. But my advice is just do everything you do. Defuse it. You know, I don't understand road rage. I see it all the time. I'm in New York. I'm driving on the Long Island Expressway, the world's biggest parking lot. And I'm like, I see, you see these people. They're like honking. Usually cab drivers are the worst. And I have no idea. They want to give themselves a heart attack. There's nothing they can do to alleviate the situation. It, it, it is what it is. You can either get off at the next exit or you're going to suck it up like everybody else and you're going to crawl to wherever your destination is. It's, it's a horrible thing, traffic. I hate it. Most people hate it. Everybody hates it. But to sit there and act like an idiot getting mad and banging on your horn and and so on and so forth, it's, it's not going to get you anywhere. And it's not a smart decision. Um, we are where we are yesterday, except even a little worse than we were in terms of where the media is, how sick things have gotten here. Um, one of the one of the more shocking I, I, I've never seen this before. The New York Times had a headline. We all I actually spent the time to do on this program yesterday in our final hour what the rest of the media won't do. I like people to hear directly from the president. You know, people ask me, well, you you do these phone interviews on Hannity with the president. And I said, yeah, I kind of like them a little bit better. And you, I'm, and somebody said, why do you like the phone interviews with the president better? Because radio is a heart medium. Radio, you've got to connect with the audience in a very different way than when you're on TV. There's a lot of people that can do TV, can't do radio. A lot of people who do radio can't do TV or don't want to do these things. But and and it's it's they're different mediums. On TV, I can just oh go like that, throw my hands up, and I've said things that I, I'd have to say it on radio for you to understand it. 
But at the end of the day, one of the things I've always said to people, you know, I'll never forget when the Manafort um, Hannity texts were released by the judge and everybody expected some big bombshell about Hannity. Yeah, I'm praying for you. Yeah, these people are horrible. Yeah, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah, this is God awful. Uh, uh, yeah, if you want to talk, I, I, my, I'm offering my shows. I'd love to interview you, your lawyer, whoever you want, so you can get your side out. And But the media is like, oh, my gosh, he really believes this stuff. That's what fake news CNN, MSNBC, that was their big takeaway from Hannity, Manafort, text messages. Well, I have a job to do, and it's one that they've ignored. And that is, I want to know all sides of an issue. So, well, as a talk show host, yeah, we do straight news. Like if, God forbid, there's a shooting, we'll just do straight news. This is what's happening. These are the latest developments. If there's a war, God forbid, if there's a, a, a hurricane, whatever it happens to be. We got hundreds of hours of tapes to prove we can do straight news. We're, I, I, am work, I am a member of the press, but being a talk show host is a very different role. Then we do our investigative work that the abusively biased media mob will never do, like vetting Obama. And Frank Marshall Davis and Nolinsky and Acorn and what is a community organizer and Black Liberation Theology and the Church of GD America and America's chickens have come home to roost and who is heirs in Dorn and why was the picture of Obama and Farrakhan, the virulent racist and anti-Semite, hidden for eight years? I knew that picture. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Came out after they hit it. And... So that we do all, yeah, we give opinion. That's part of being a talk show. Sometimes we talk about sports and Tim Tebow and whatever else happens to be in the news. Or we interview sports figures. Herschel Walker, we love Herschel Walker on this program. Love having him on this show. He's such an awesome guy. And so that's what a talk show host does. It's a unique role in the press. It's different than, I, I'm not a, I am not a journalist. I am a talk show host, and within, under the heading of talk shows, we do all these different jobs. It would be the equivalent of having, you know, we do everything you get in the newspaper, op-ed, editorials, opinion, news, investigative reporting, sports, culture. We do it all. But these people say that they're journalists. They're not journalists. They are just the press office for the Democratic Party, and the mob hates Donald Trump. And here we have, on the, within hours of each other, two tragedies. We have our, our fellow American citizens being shot up. And we have violence out of control. Interestingly, if the media cared, they could be reporting every single weekend with the same level of intensity, the violence, the death, the tragedy, the demise of our fellow Americans in all these big liberal cities that have been run by liberals for decades. Now, why don't they report the, 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 the violence every weekend in Chicago, in Baltimore, in Detroit, in Los Angeles? And, and why, why don't they report the crisis a mile away from Nancy Pelosi's gated neighborhood where people are shooting up heroin and, and defecating and, and urinating in the streets and throwing their needles all over the place and the stench is out of control. Why don't they ever report these things? Because it doesn't fit their agenda. And that's the sick part of this. You have the DNC and now Elizabeth Warren. 
These families in Dayton, these families in El Paso, they're planning funerals for their loved ones. And these people are fundraising? you got to be kidding me. There's a certain ugliness to that that just defies any understanding that I have in life. And then you take it a step further. Why have their policies failed? Why don't they report on the violence in these cities and try to stop the violence in these cities? Where is the outrage? Now, it goes back to words I use often. Feigned, selective, moral outrage. For example, Russia, Russia, Russia. None of those people in the media mob of the Democrats seem to give a wit about what was premeditated fraud committed on a FISA court to deny American citizens their constitutional rights and spy on an opposition party candidate. The opposition party candidate, by the way, did commit multiple felonies, the Espionage Act. The evidence is 100% overwhelming, incontrovertible, and you and I and everybody else would go to jail if we did what Hillary did. And everyone, and everyone in the media, obstruction. Well, there was four separate investigations, no collusion, no conspiracy for Donald Trump, no underlying crime. But they say, well, he obstructed because he was pissed off and he kept saying, oh, maybe we should fire Mueller. He could have fired Mueller. He could have done it legally. He could have done it because of conflicts. He could have used his Article 2 powers. It would have been somebody else replacing him. But he didn't. He, whined, he complained about it as an innocent guy. It pissed him off. That two and a half years of his presidency, he's wasting his time on something he knows he didn't do. Okay, he vented. He's human. I would be I would be pissed too. And I think most of you would be pissed off. So, but that's obstruction, but it's not the obstruction when Hillary has subpoenaed emails, she deletes them, she then comes up with something nobody ever heard of called bleach bit, and then of course the hammers to devices and the SIM card's gone. And then, of course, now we're we're not only spying on Trump because of the premeditated fraud committed on a FISA court, but the information that that made up the bulk of information in the application. Well, that came from Hillary. And even The New York Times says likely Russian disinformation from the get go. I'm like, wait a minute. There is a Russia connection to the 2016 election on a far higher level than anyone ever imagined. And that would be Hillary paying for what the New York Times says was from the beginning, likely Russian disinformation. Well, that probably means that Putin, the hostile actor that he is, and Russia, the hostile regime that they are, that they knew that Hillary was paying for the Russian lies. Well, that would mean, if that's all true, if the New York Times is right, that they did want to impact the 2016 elections, but not to help Trump. That would mean they wanted to take Trump down. That would mean they wanted to put the final nail in his coffin because that, if that dossier was true, it would have. The fact that it was all lies, it almost did. And then take it a step further, the insurance policy. Then they're spying on him by, by farming out uh, illegal, what would otherwise be illegal in America, intelligence gathering on Americans and, and using foreign spies like uh, Joseph Misford, who's a Western spy, Mr. Mueller. He's not a Russian spy, apparently, according to all my sources. And and then using the Australian guy, uh, Stefan Halper. And then they're trying to get information from Papadopoulos and Sam Clovis and Carter Page about any type of Russia collusion. And we talked to Papadopoulos yesterday and he said, no, 
I would have said, and I did say, and there's evidence that I said just the opposite, that if anyone asked me to do anything like work with Russia, um, I would view that as me being a traitor to the country I love, the United States of America. Just like Carter Page, there's a reason they never went after Carter Page. That was just a ruse to get the back door into the Trump campaign because they knew Carter Page worked for our intelligence people forever. And a Carter Page, whenever he was out, whenever he was abroad, Carter Page would download everything he knew to our intelligence community. So there's a reason that even though they had four FISA warrants on Carter Page, they never really wanted Carter Page because everybody in the intelligence community, FBI, CIA, any three-letter agency, they all knew Carter Page was not the enemy of the American people. Just the opposite. He was helping his government, his country, and in any capacity they wanted. And I would bet, I'm just guessing, he might have been paid at sometimes. John Hannity Show. I mean, it takes a certain amount of... I, I cannot fathom that people can't even put politics aside for a second. How do you fundraise off of what happened in El Paso and Texas? How is it? Where is the, the parent? Look, I, how many of you been through this yourself in your life where you're the one in charge? You know, everyone wants to be in charge. OK, I've been in charge of putting funerals together for people. For paying for funerals for people. I've been in charge of going to the funeral home, going down in the basement and picking out the casket and making sure that you get a, a, a plot that is appropriate for the person and going through that. They haven't even done that. And they're fundraising. It's unbelievable. Now, if a Republican did it, a conservative did it, all hell would break loose. But because they're Democrats, you know, it's it's and they can bludgeon Trump. Let's be honest here. This is what they want to do. Stormy, stormy, asshole, asshole, collusion, collusion, Russia, Russia, Mueller, Mueller. Uh oh, uh oh, Mueller wrong. Two and a half years, lies, conspiracies, a hoax, misinformation, propaganda. You know, let's just forget that. Let's I'm racist, 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 racist. Now we'll go to that one. Impeachment. And we'll stick on impeachment. that. Impeached. Impeached. Impeachment. Impeachment. Impeachable. Impeachable. Impeachment. The Russia investigation. Colluded. Putin. Collusion. Adult film actress Stormy Daniels. Stormy Daniels. Now, I can, the sad thing is, is I can go on and we can play hours of that tape. You know, for the, look, look, the New York Times talked about the president's remarks. I didn't finish this thought earlier. Trump urges unity versus racism. That is an accurate headline. That's what the president talked about. The president is, you know, we can go back and play, what, 15 times over the course of the last year or two. President saying, now yeah, racism is repugnant. I denounce white supremacy. Uh, the fact that he says America first or that he wants to control the wall. Well, I mean, are those people that don't want the wall responsible for the 4,000 homicides, 30,000 sexual assaults, 100,000 violent assaults by illegal immigrants committed against Americans and the 300 Americans that die every week from heroin overdoses? All right, 25 till the top of the hour. Uh, thank you, Scott Shannon. 800-941-SHAWN, toll-free telephone number. So me and my wonderful staff here are just talking about the fact that Mayor Bill de Blasio 
of New York City will make an appearance uh, tomorrow night on Hannity. And it's funny because I'm reading about the appearance and everybody thinks they know what's going to happen at the appearance. Uh, Linda, what do you think the odds are? You know what? I'm singing happy birthday right now to one of our staff member members. Staff member, um, excuse me, Katie, we sent her to a dinner last night. Actually, it's Blair. Okay. How many birthdays? How many more dinners? Everybody's a Leo. It's insane. It's, it's, I mean, it's crazy. We'll get back to the birthday celebration in a minute. Blair. Wait, I don't care how old you are. Uh, happy birthday, by the way. Um, but says thank now, you. So everybody thinks that this interview with the Plazio is going to be a Hannity war, a Hannity setup. Are you following what I've been following and reading? I think it's incredible. Well, okay. Now, why? Look, I don't like the policies of of Mayor De, Comrade De Blasio. He knows what I call him. Comrade are you selling tickets to this, or uh, can I? Uh, <laughs> I'm just. I mean, I would buy a front row seat. What do you well, here's the thing. Now, de Blasio is going to come in and look, he, the guy's at one percent. The guy needs to shake things up a little bit. To me, I think politically it's a brilliant move on his part to be the first to accept our invitation. Now, interestingly, and I'm not going to mention the names yet, but now that he kind of opened the door and paved the way, a lot of the other candidates are now calling because they want to be on. And by the way, I oh my think god, it's candidates want to be on the number one show. What a <laughs> shocking idea! It's a pretty shocking idea. Um, now here's the thing, and I'll probably just say it right up front. I'm going to say, Mister Mayor, you have two choices how this interview is going to go. Either I'm going to ask you questions and you give me answers without filibustering, straight up answers. And I'm going to give you a chance to tell the American people on the biggest show and cable news. Thanks to our wonderful, wonderful, wonderful audience. I don't do it. They do it. They give us this this camera, this microphone, that camera every night. And I'm going to just ask him where he stands on the issues. As a conservative, I'm confident our policies are better. And that things work better under conservatism. I, I, the things that we're doing by cutting taxes that's happening in the country, not we're, but the, but the president's been doing what's going on. It's not an accident that we're now setting record re- after record after record low unemployment. It's not an accident. When you cut taxes and you end burdensome regulation, it the same thing happens. And you incentivize businesses to stay and not leave. And then you open up, you know how obsessed I am and how many years I've been obsessed with energy. And I view energy as literally the the ladder up in terms of prosperity and the standard of living of every American. I, I, I know it is. America can take our natural resources and every single American city can be rebuilt. Nice homes, safe neighborhoods, good schools, a new truck, a new car. Disney vacations, go out to dinner. Every American should be able to afford that. A decent health care plan that's not government run. Keep your doctor plan and save money, baloney. Um, but that's not the other. Now, here's what I here's the, the two ways it can go. Or the mayor's gonna be getting really dumb advice from his advisors. There are gonna be people say, you need to go in there and you need to show Hannity who you are and what he da 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 da. Now, what do you think the odds are he comes in with that attitude? No, I don't think so. Well, if he doesn't, I'm going to just be nice to him. Now, some of you might be disappointed. I think you're going to be nice to him either way. No, 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 no. I've been, no, I've been at this business too long. Nobody, if I you're don't think come in, so. I think you, I think you give if a you're fair gonna try, interview. If somebody, I will do, 
if he wants a fair interview, he's going to get one. If he wants a fair interview, he's going to get a fair interview. Now, I have to my left right now, you know the, the mess in front of me right here. But if you look over to the left, you see that big pile. I've been reading everything about Bill de Blasio. I know every single solitary thing to know about Bill de Blasio. But that's, it's, that's irrelevant, actually, in this whole equation. It's, I know it. It's in my brain. I've got it down pat. But what I really want to know is why, what he believes in, what he would do if he's the president. Because if you want the biggest job in the world, what you want to do if your president matters. Like, for example, those that would support eliminating oil and gas as the lifeblood of our economy and the world's economy, I can pretty much guarantee you that that will lower the standard of living of every single solitary American instantaneously. You will never see a more precipitous decline in an economy than if we were stupid enough, dumb enough to ever do something like that. I, you got to go in the opposite direction. You know, where does he stand on immigration? Where does he stand on building border walls? What does he think of the drugs uh, that are crossing that border? The cartels that take advantage of those open borders, the gangs that take advantage of those open borders. Um, what does he think about a big door in the wall and uh, frankly, I'm a big believer in immigration. I just want to check out two things. I want to know that you're coming to our country out of a love of America and wanting the hope and opportunity that America offers and that you you come as somebody that wants to be a part of our family, first a visitor, but then hopefully one day a part of our family. And there's somebody that is not going to depend on the American people. You've got to show that you have the means to take care of yourself and your family when you get here. Do you th and, and to make sure you're not part of any network or group of people that want to bring harm to Americans. Tell me what part of that is unreasonable. Is there anything there that sounds unreasonable to you? Not at all. And you know what I think else you should do? I think that you should do a, a, a Twitter, you know, something on Twitter. Twitter. We'll put a tweet out and we'll tell the audience and the Twitter followers to write their potential questions that they would like to hear de Blasio answer. Now, my staff has very wisely taken away my password for Twitter. It's been, what, over a year or two now, right? You've been revoked. I've been revoked. I've never been on my Facebook page, have I? Right. I don't know how to you get on Facebook. You didn't know you Facebook. had one. Remember, do you, do you remember I, I once asked Blair, I said, oh, I want to look at it. Send me the stuff. And I still couldn't figure out how to open the dumb thing. That was a long day, up. actually. It was a very long day. I was frustrated, yeah. frustrated. You're, okay. you're super calm about that stuff, too. You're so patient and kind. No, actually, well, you know what? You're such a wise ass in moments like this. You really, you got to bring in all the other issues. Instagram. Oh, pot kettle. Go do ahead. We even, do we even have an Instagram account? We do, Yes. Right? Yes, Sean. The only thing I do have it's access 2019. to, but I don't have the ability to post anything on, is Hannity.com. You don't post on anything. No, I, I don't post on anything. So last night I sent out a tweet vis-a-vis, -vis, because you work early in the day and Kristen works later in the day. I gave it to Kristen and Kristen put it up on Hannity on, uh, on uh, Twitter. But I think, I think Americans, now there's probably, now some people want me to start a fight with the guy. I'm like, well, I feel passionately about some issues and I'm going to ask him and I'm going to ask him tough questions and it's not going to be hard to do. And I'm, you know, if he thinks that this is going to be, if he's not answering my questions is his strategy, he's just wasting the biggest opportunity he's going to get. 
And I don't think he's going to be that dumb. That's my that's my real gut reaction. I think he's going to be smart. And I think I may be wrong, but my gut tells me that the Blasio actually believes this crap. And so the fact that for me and him to argue, we're just never going to have a meeting of the minds, but at least give him a chance to explain why he believes what he believes, why he believes it and why he thinks it would work. Because if he wants to be president, I think the American people have a right to hear what his platform is. That's how I feel. And if he wants a fair interview, I'll give him a fair interview. And if he wants a fight, I'll give him a fight, a verbal fight. You know what I'm saying? That sound like a good idea? I think it sounds fantastic. I can't wait. Again, do you I still think you want tickets? Seats. Absolutely. Why do you want to? Why is this a ticket event? Why would you why do you feel that strongly about it? Because to me, it's just another day at work. Listen, you're going to have Warren on your show. I want to be there. <laughs> if I'm going to have what? Warren. Oh, you. Oh, I got it. I got it. All right. So it's, oh, his real name is not Bill. Is that what you're telling me? That is correct. Okay. That is a fact. And when you his mentioned. campaign was asked about that question, they didn't want to give the answer anymore. You know, my answer is if somebody doesn't want to be called. They want this to be called their name. You call them by the name they choose. Oh, okay. That's not a bad. That doesn't bother me. That doesn't impact me at all. What do we care if somebody, for whatever reason, wants to change their name? That's their business. Okay. I'm fairly libertarian. By the way, do they do they still have the Bloomberg law about? You got to look this up for me about salt on restaurant tables in New York City. Because remember, Nanny Bloomberg took away the salt and pepper in restaurants, and you had to ask for it. Does that make sense? You yeah, know what I'm talking about. Lot. Yeah, I'm looking it up as we it's speak. Not. Yeah, because if you wanted salt and pepper, well, not pepper, salt, and you went to a New York restaurant, New York City restaurant, you had to say, can you please bring me the salt? I don't want to ask for it. I want it to be there. Like it used to be there, not because some government bureaucrat doesn't like the fact that I like a lot of salt on my food. I've always liked salt on my food. So anyway, uh, nobody noticed that China's kind of beginning to blink first here in the trade war. Uh, the headline is their headline, fake news, CNN, Dow's set to bounce back after China blinks first. You know Trump won when that's the headline. Anyway, Dow futures, I don't know what they are now, but they rose Tuesday morning as stocks are preparing to rebound after China took steps to ease the bidding, uh, the budding currency war with the U.S. China priced their currency reference rate at 6.96 to the dollar, a hair above the key 7 to 1 ratio to the U.S. dollar, although that was the weakest level that they've had in 11 years. Many Wall Street investors feared that China would price their currency below the 7-1 barrier. And stock futures, anyway, we'll, we get those numbers. We'll let you know. Oh, it's up 271. Wow, Okay. Um, this is getting scary, and I will ask Mayor de Blasio about this. We warned last week. What did I say last week? Remember I was telling the story of Captain Howie, a friend of mine, NYPD. Yeah, yeah. He's, he called into a what was a violent situation, had acid thrown in his face, blinded in one eye, and he had to go out on retirement because of the severity of his injury. Anyway, I warned last week the water dousing was going to move on to other stuff, well, now we have an incident, according to Channel 11 in New York, picks TV, that New York cops were hurt early Sunday morning when bottles were thrown at them in the Bronx. Chunk of concrete was also thrown at officers in the day in a separate incident. And in the Bronx, the, the Bronx, New York, the officers were breaking up a large party. 
And yeah, people throwing bottles at them and the five officers were treated locally at the hospital, NYC Health and Jacoby and the bottle made of glass. And then we had the cement issue. I, I told everybody this is going to happen. You have to stop. I would identify every single person that we have on video dousing these cops with water. That is assaulting a police officer. That deserves to be charged as a felony. I don't often ask for prosecutions. If you attack innocent cops, you got to arrest those people that attack the police. Because here's what the net result of it is going to be. No cop in his right mind or her right mind is going to want to do their job anymore if you don't have their back. It's really that simple. And if we care about our cops, that's what we need to do. Now, we also have the FBI won't say whether they're sure or certain the El Paso shooter wrote the racist manifesto. So that's a little bit in there. We're going to talk about the deep state later in the next hour. Um, news that should make your blood boil because Peter Strzok, well, he's now suing the FBI and the DOJ, claiming his employment was wrongfully terminated. Some of these people have zero shame. I mean, hey, just because he used his FBI job to rig a presidential election doesn't mean he ever should have been fired. You know, well, just saying. I think those texts speak volumes for themselves. And um, so we'll watch that closely now. So the New York Times changed their headlines. Can you think of an incident? Trump urges unity versus racism. Now, Beto Bozo O'Rourke is trying to get attention. He's at one percent, too, in the polls. And so he this is outrageous. Wow. Unbelievable. And then the rest of the, you know, Nate Silver got involved um tomorrow's nyt print edition now first off we don't even bother reading the new york times most of the time you could put up how the new york times treated me in the cover of their sunday magazine the picture that they used uh and uh ask if they think they did it on purpose why don't you put that up on the website because i don't think that picture was particularly complimentary of me considering they spent an hour taking pictures and they had thousands of pictures that they took but they chose the one that Linda will put up on the website, Hannity.com. Um, lives literally depend on you doing better, New York Times. Well, the New York Times has been doing, you know, the work of the Democratic Party now for years. Hey, New York Times, Bill de Blasio writes, what happened to truth is worth it? Not the truth, not worth it. And let's see, Soledad O'Brien and I don't even know half of these people. I, those are all the Twitter fighter people. They're all over the place. Those that like to fight on Twitter. Um, all right. Well, you have to uh, take a quick break here. Uh, Dan Bongino, Geraldo Rivera, we'll get into all of this information, uh, including the interview with de Blasio tomorrow. And we'll talk, obviously, about all that has happened and why do we ignore big cities like Chicago? How is it possible? You know, 50 people shot last weekend. 50 people. And as we uh, continue on, glad you're with us. Hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Write down our toll-free telephone number. It's 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. We're going to go over, now that Barack Obama's gotten in all of this, we're going to go over some of his divisive rhetoric. We'll get to that in a little bit. 
pretty fascinating how the New York Times gives into the pressure of liberal Democratic candidates and decides to change their headline because the liberal Democrats running for president are angry at the headline that they put up. Um, We do have a lot of things to look at, though, that I think are really important and imperative. And... You know, it's so frustrating to see that there are people that are actually fundraising off of the events over the weekend. Um, You would think that there would be some understanding of the pain, the suffering of fellow Americans when our fellow Americans are slaughtered like this. The other thing that nobody seems to really want to look at or want to see is that this is something that has been happening in major cities in this country every single weekend. Now, you can ask a logical question, well, why are those issues not focused on with the same level of intensity and urgency in the hopes that maybe we're going to come up with solutions and we're going to solve problems? I've offered solutions that I think are logical, sensible for malls and schools, and some people don't like them, but I'd make sure that every perimeter of every school in this country was was protected. I have no problem with metal detectors in schools. We have a whole group of people that have been trained, retired military, retired police, that I think would gladly donate 15 hours a week to their local school, their local church, their local municipal building to make sure that all of these places, high population centers, if you will, malls, whatever, so that uh, 15 hours a week, they donate their time and they don't have to pay state federal or even real estate taxes, whatever, whatever breaks we can give them as a means of saying, Hey, we're not going to take money out of our pocket. Evil exists. We saw in Dayton, you know, in the Dayton case, you got a guy that's a fan of Elizabeth Warren. Do I blame Elizabeth Warren for what this nut in Dayton did? No. Do I blame uh, Donald Trump for what this idiot, this evil, sick jackass in El Paso did these white nationalist uh, jackasses? No. People are responsible for their own behavior. There is something called mental illness. Could be a factor in all of these cases. I mean, do mentally well people go out and kill other innocent people? I don't think so. Do I blame Bernie Sanders for what happened to Congressman Steve Scalise when they were practicing? Absolutely not. I don't think such a thing exists. You know, the world has evil monsters. You know, just because the Unabomber had earth in the balance in that hut he was living in doesn't mean that Al Gore is responsible. Al Gore just pushes dumb, stupid ideas on the American people and and some people buy into it. I don't know why Barack Obama had Black Lives Matters, you know, one of their founders, one of the co-founders. And this was after the what do we want dead cops? When do we want it now? Pigs in a blanket. Fry him like bacon incident. And one of those co-founders at the White House. Not sure why that would happen. Wonder what would happen if Donald Trump ever did that. These acts of violence should scare everybody. You know, but two, we have acts of violence at the border. We've chronicled a two-year period where there were over 4,000 homicides perpetrated against Americans by illegal immigrants that have access to our open borders. To the people that refuse to build a wall, the people that say it's a manufactured crisis or that walls are immoral, do we blame them because of their policies that allow the the criminal element, not the 99% of good people that want a better life, but the the bad element that mixes in with the migrant caravans that want to sell drugs? Oh, that's right. 90% of heroin comes across the southern border. 
We have almost 300, on average, deaths a week from heroin overdoses. Now we have the scourge of fentanyl on top of that. There were 30,000 violent sexual assaults in that two-year period by, again, criminal illegal immigrants in this country and 100,000 violent assaults. I went down and sat through a, a security briefing in Texas alone in a seven-year period, 640-some-odd thousand, 42,000 crimes committed against Texans alone. Some as horrible as murder, some were petty crimes, but 642,000 crimes. Um, no solutions, no answers, knee-jerk blame, and now we're even fundraising before families pick out uh, the burial plot for their loved ones or the coffins for their loved ones and this is what they do in the political world it's pretty sick disgusting and and sadly all too predictable if the dog bites if the beast stings, if you're feeling sad it's trump's fault if there's cancer and it's not cured it's trump's fault if trump cured cancer they'd still hate him if he if he gave every american 10 million dollars they'd hate him and this is where we now find ourselves anyway geraldo rivera, rivera is with us fox news legal analyst author of the geraldo show uh, nearly 50 years in broadcasting, an amazing milestone. Dan Bongino is with us, former NYPD officer, Secret Service agent. Geraldo, we'll start with you. A lot of hypocrisy on display, in my view. Oh, for sure, Sean. There's no doubt that hypocrisy is rampant. And uh, uh, delighted to join you and, and Brother Dan. I, I think that the, exa the example of the New York Times chickening out and changing an absolutely appropriate headline unity against racism trump wants unity against racism that was the headline that's what america needs that's what america wants the editors of the new york times got it exactly right and then what did they do they caved because you can't mention trump without saying that everything he does has to be construed in the most evil way possible you can't mention trump unless he's being dysfunctional or inciting riots you can't you can't cite the president of the United States when he's giving presidential advice to the nation, to the world. I think it's pathetically hypocritical. Dan, 90 percent of the heroin crosses that border. We have some people right. that are part of cartels crossing the border, human trafficking, drug trafficking. Um, by their logic, if you and I were to say that the people that say walls are immoral and that this is a manufactured crisis and they're not taking the efforts to protect the American people. Wouldn't this be the equivalent of us coming on the air and saying you're responsible for the 300 heroin overdose deaths every week? You're responsible if an illegal immigrant criminal kills an American? You're responsible for a rape or you're responsible? Again, it's 99% are not that way. They want a better life. I get it. But we got to vet people. It's the yeah, same logic, though, right? Yeah, well, 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 you're making a mistake. You're deliberately making a mistake here, of course. But, you know, that would be assuming that they actually had principles, the people that do this. Um, and they don't. I mean, I think that's obvious. You brought up at the beginning of the show. And by the way, I'm glad you continue to harp on this, even on your TV show on Fox. Um, not to, you know, to be unnecessarily laudatory, but it's important that we stay on the right side of right. 
Um, it wasn't Bernie Sanders' fault. However much we object to his political ideology, it's a dangerous path to go down to blame people for political violence, Sean. Um, and I'm glad that we, despite the fact that the left will never, ever be on the right side of right and repay the favor of doing the right thing, it's good to know. And you should continue to remind, you know, it's not self-congratulatory to remind people that conservatism has principles and liberals don't. This is a very dangerous pet, but you just brought up about the border. Yes, of course that would be blaming them for ignoring a problem. Sean, what about the problem of child trafficking across the border? I saw a troubling story not that long ago. Up to a third of these children brought across the border with DNA tests have no relation to the person alleging to be their parent. You understand what that means? You have a young child with an adult who claims to be the father who has no relationship to them all. In, in any sane universe, that would be a problem, but it's completely ignored because there's no political advantage and there are no principles on the left. It's good to be on the right side of right. You know, Geraldo, you know why I want a wall, but I also want the door. I don't have a problem with immigration. You and I have discussed it. I, I do want to stop the heroin, the fentanyl from coming in. I don't like cartels, and I don't like the fact that even... Radical extremists can get in across our open borders. Uh, I don't think most Americans have a problem. I think vetting people and making sure that they can take care of themselves financially is not too much to ask. Do you? I think that let me just respond to that by saying a, a very simple thing. The president of the United States was absolutely right when he claimed there was a crisis at the border. There was and there is a crisis at the border. But to you and Dan... And, you know, I love you both. I say you cannot change the subject. The subject is this 21-year-old uh, Crassius from the Dallas area driving 900 miles to shoot up Mexicans and Mexican-Americans. Was he motivated by President Trump's insightful rhetoric? Well, according to his own manifesto, I... according to his own manifesto, assuming that's accurate, he says... I've had these views long before Trump. Now, so wait a minute. That if, that, do, if that's true, it. hang on. If that's true, are you going to say the same thing about the Elizabeth Warren socialist that was, you know, virulent in his tweets about socialism that shot up Dayton? Yeah, probably. But that's not the point. And don't change the subject again. We're not changing the subject. They happened on the same love. day. Hold it. We love the president of the United States. We want it to succeed. We get one president at a time. My advice to my friend Donald Trump is cut out the language, the send them back language, cut out the language of invasion when you're talking about migrants, as you said, 99% are traditional immigrants who want a better life. They need to be vetted, and the wall is an appropriate device, among others, to do it. But the president of the United States, our friend, cannot use language where people can reasonably no. allege that his language is inciting why are you lecturing we, donald we trump hang on hang on a second i gotta ask i this. am lecturing him and why are you why, why don't you simultaneously lecture bernie sanders elizabeth warren and and are those people that are against building the wall are they responsible for the 300 heroin deaths a week? Are they responsible when it, when criminal aliens cross the 1% and they commit acts of violence, murder, or rape in this society? Do we not have an obligation to protect the American people first? 
I don't care about them. Do you? Oh, don't you don't care, care about? about pl- oh, you only want to. You only want to lecture Trump. Bernie Sanders. I wouldn't vote for them in a million years. They'll never be president no. of the United States. Neither of them. But the person I know and have known for decades happens to be the president of the United States. I say to him, friend to friend. I say, Mr. President, please, when you speak of immigrants, use respectful language. When you speak of uh, issues. You know, use language that is that is appropriate to heal the country. You're the healer in chief. You have a you have a role that goes beyond the, the everything in, in the presidency is not a debate. Everything is not. He's not on the stage now against his rival. He's sitting in the White House, and now he has another funeral to go to. A bunch of funerals in El Paso, and then he has more funerals to go to. In All right, let me go to and Dan Bongino. Dan, real quick, quick, I want. If we're gonna, if, if that's Wait, our logic, then what Geraldo just said because that was yeah. really troubling stuff, Sean. I know what Geraldo just said is is bizarre. What he's suggesting is de facto political speech suppression because Geraldo's trying to be an amateur psychologist. People who engage in killings and murders have all kinds of motivations unrelated to reality. There are people with mental disorders, not all. I don't want to stigmatize people with psychological problems who kill people because of space aliens. So we're supposed to, what, engage in a, in, a, in a search for space aliens motivating people to kill people? No. We engage in free political speech, Bernie Sanders, Donald Trump, Liz Warren, Barack Obama, and George Bush, however vitriolic sometimes that speech may get, because we are a free country. The fact that a psycho decides to kill Mexicans in El Paso, a lunatic, does not stop us from engaging in free speech. What you said is outrageous. Where I get what Geraldo's saying, and you can certainly comment on the tone of people's tweets and conversation. Fine, that's fair game. You don't like how the president talks? I don't mind it. Fine. But Geraldo's suggesting that he should be blamed. That's what he said. I heard it. I was on the call here on the phone. Is outrageous. That is unbelievable. I say I should for the act of a lunatic? That is, I said the president Geraldo, cannot. That's exactly the president what has said. Said. The president has a special function in the life of all Americans. He's not president of Republicans and conservatives only. He's president of everybody. He has an obligation not to create a situation or to even uh, say something that somebody could say he's creating a situation. He's got... Although you're saying he's creating a situation. Nobody, most of America doesn't agree with you. Just because you said it doesn't mean it's true. The president of the United States, when he speaks and allows for 13 seconds the crowd to say, send her back, that's not the man that I want in the White House. That's not the man that I... The president didn't say it. The crowd crowd said it, and the president... Moral energy in... Hold on, hold on, Geraldo. The president didn't say it, and when asked about it, said he wished the crowd didn't say it, and they didn't say it at the next rally. And, and and it's your job because you're the most imp- you're the second most powerful man in this country. I am not it's the second job. most powerful man in the country. You I don't are, have access to a, nuclear weapons, or else I I would you 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 would be a scary thought. Person in, in the country, and it's not a scary thought because I trust you. So and when it, I vote, it, when I when I when I run for president in 2024, you're going to support me. I know that your message, Sean, and I would support. You. I know that your message. Is All right. People who are in the in the crowd. Dan Bongino is going to be my VP. You're going to be my Secretary of Defense. More with Geraldo. Dan next. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. 800-941. Sean, you want to be a part of the program? Now we have the DNC and Elizabeth Warren fundraising off this tragedy. 
I don't know how many of you, I was saying earlier in the program, Dan Bongino, Geraldo are, are, are with us as we continue, but I don't. I assume both of you have, have done what I've had to do at different times in my life, and that is go to the funeral home, and then you have to pick out the casket, and usually there's like a cheap wooden box, and then the next, that's, you know, $1,000, and the next one up is $7,000, and like, yeah, right, I'm going to get the cheap one. That's not going to happen. And um, and then you have to pick out the plot, and you got to pay for that, and you got to organize a time if it's awake or you know, people that sit shiver, whatever happens to be. Um, these families haven't done that yet, and they're fundraising off these tragedies. We have the Dayton guy is an Elizabeth Warren socialist nutcase. The El Paso guy says that, well, Trump didn't motivate him. He had the feel, according to the manifesto, assuming it's real, uh, that he had these views long before Donald Trump. But the media wants to say Donald Trump caused this. And then we have, on the other hand, a group of people. We do have a problem at the border. This is not a manufactured crisis. We have, I, I know the vast majority of people want a better life. And uh, as we pointed out, Griff Jenkins went down there and he went into the, one of the biggest facilities and there's food, water, medicine, supplies, baby formula, diapers, m- medical attention, uh, soccer fields, recreation areas, telephones, and TVs for people. It's not ideal. I wouldn't want to live there. But they did not respect our law's sovereignty, but we're trying our very best to take care of so many people. It's not easy to do, and, and some people won't even vote for the dollars to do it. But then we have the 90% of heroin that's killing almost 300 Americans every week crossing that border. Now fentanyl, you can add that to the mix with the cartels. Then we do have the criminal element, and I'll concede, Geraldo, it's not the 99%, it's the 1%. It's, it's always been the 1%. But we have to vet everybody to make sure that we don't have the criminal element come into the country along with those that want a better life. But if we're going to use the logic that somehow words created what happened in El Paso, then that would also have to apply to Dayton. That would also have to apply to the Sanders supporter shooting the guys up in Scalise on the baseball field. Then the same standard would have to apply to those people that say walls are immoral and that say that it's we don't need walls and we should tear walls down. That means every drug overdose, every murder, every rape, every whatever happens with that 1%, not the 99%, um, that the people that didn't build the wall, they're guilty of it. That's that's your logic you're using here with us. It's not, John. My logic is simple. My message is very simple today. My message is right to the President of the United States. For the last 72 hours, Mr. President, you have sounded to me like, indeed, the 45th President of all the American people. You've been the healer-in-chief. You have tried to unite the people, even so so dramatic and profoundly effective were your efforts that your arch enemy, the New York Times, wrote a headline that was in the early editions of the paper that uh, Trump uh, asks for unity against racism. An unprecedented nod to the president of the United States from his arch enemy, the newspaper of record. That's the president we need at these moments. It's not that he's wrong in his arguments against the immigrant or the, uh, the, the criminal or about the violence in Chicago over the weekend or any of that stuff. It's that at certain times he has to be different. He's got to be like the Pope. You know, and I'm not being naive here or unrealistic. I want, I want my wife and I to listen to what he says 
and agree that that's the appropriate Your, your wife doesn't like my show. She she hates my opinions. <laughs> How is you going to get her to listen to Trump's but opinions? She, she, she loves you. And my point is... By the way, Geraldo's wife is the nicest person in the world. The only question <laughs> and, is, what was she drinking? What, what was she drinking the day that she said yes and said I do? I don't know. I, I actually saw Bongino's anniversary picture <laughs> on, uh, on Twitter also. That was a great picture, wasn't it? (laughs) Oh, I'm telling you, it really was. All right, so I want to give Dan a chance. You know, Geraldo, the thing I love about you, I love your heart, and I I know your heart's in the right place, and you even conceded on the wall, because that took a while for you. You and I, we came up with an agreement. But, Dan, I want you to respond. See, here's my problem with this whole thing, again, with Geraldo's line of of thinking. Uh, My beef with him here is he clearly said before the blame word. The blame word matters. I get his criticism of Trump and the tweets. I don't agree with it. I don't mind the language. I think America needs a brawler right now. We tried the cutesy approach with Romney and this other stuff, and it didn't work. Now it's time to pass a liberty-based agenda. My problem here is this. The minute you use the blame word that Donald Trump is to blame, you go down this cascading path where you have the heckler's veto, and people get to heckle people in to silence. And that's not what we do in a free country. Sean, can I give you a direct example applicable to what's going on right now? The Antifa terrorists out in Washington actually used words used by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez before as an attack in his manifesto, the concentration camp analogy. Is it her fault? Is she to blame? Of course not. Not if you're a sane human being. This guy clearly was a disturbed loon. Would I rather she not use that language? Have I spoken out against it? Will I continue to speak out against her and her policies? Of course. Do I want her silenced and blamed? unequivocally 100% no, because you never recover once you go down that path. This is an important distinction. Number one, I never use the blame word. Number two, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a 29- or 30-year-old freshman congresswoman from the Bronx, New York. She's the speaker in reality. Her voice and her responsibility is different than Donald J. Trump, the 45th president of the United States. He's the president. Jesus. Let me ask. Let me let me ask this question. So I'm looking at 2020 and the re-election, and these are the questions in my mind: Are we better off than we were four years ago? I would say demonstrably, yes. and by every measure, yes. Agree. The next Agreed. question: Will Donald Trump lose many of the people that passionately supported him in 2016? Well, no. not by the looks of it. I think he's got more enthusiasm than he's ever had. Next question. Now that his policies, for all the stuff about the approach or the tone or the, or the battle or the fight, the guy's kept his promises on judges, he's kept it on tax cuts, he's, it on, he's kept it on deregulation, energy independence, the wall, uh, trade uh, uh, deals, etc. Now the question is, now that last Friday, again, we set another record low unemployment number for black Americans. Historically, it's never been lower. And youth unemployment in the black community, thank God. Um, Because I know as a kid, a job kept me out of trouble. Keep every kid out of trouble. So now the question is, now that we have record low unemployment for African Americans, Asian Americans, Hispanic Americans, women in the workplace, youth unemployment, you know, for all the, the, the cheap rhetoric that's out there, stormy, stormy, collusion, collusion, Russia, Russia, racist, racist, He's getting results. He's making this country better for everybody. Why doesn't that ever get factored in, Geraldo? 
You know, you have a situation, Sean, where people in MAGA hats. You know, I'm in MAGA country right now. I'm at the east end of Long Island. This is this is Trump country. But you have people in MAGA hats getting assaulted. People stopping in their car, getting out and whacking and punching them just because the, the symbol of Make America Great Again is so repulsive to, to half the people, many of them people of color, that they, they can't contain themselves. Their, their, their violence comes out. Their, you know, the, there's a, a, you know, the, the bitterness, the, the want of physical violence. You know, that's, what causes that? It's not just a political, ideological difference of opinion, political philosophies. It's a different vision. They see the world one way, and they think that Trump sees the world the other way. And I'm suggesting to you that there is a middle ground that to be the president in 2020, it's not just to get the base motivated. It's to get the people that are consider themselves moderate, patriotic. They serve in the military. They uh, pay their taxes. They uh, support their children. They encourage the kids to get a better education. You know, the American dreamers, you want a country not just where the barest majority of electoral votes gets you into the White House or keeps you in the White House. You want a country where the president is considered a great man, a great a visionary, a, a, a someone who who is, is straddled the world between the East Coast elites and the, the center of the country. And so, you know what I'm saying? So I want the best for him because the best for him is the best for us. Nah, I think he's reading that wrong. Geraldo, I think you're reading that wrong. You are in MAGA country in East Long Island. I agree with you. That's where I'm from. But listen, no, you're reading this all wrong. The reason they beat the snot out of people with MAGA hats on is not because of what you said. It's because there's a fundamental distinction between liberals and conservatives, and it's easily summed up this way. Conservatives think liberals are people with bad ideas. Liberal, radical liberals, I'm not talking about all Democrats. Radical liberals think conservatives are bad people with ideas. They're taught that critical theory, the white male patriarchy. This is imbued in them in college by academia and through gaslighting. They think it's okay to physically assault people. They think words are violence. Therefore, you can stop people. You're reading this all wrong. That's the problem. The question is, Sean, to answer your question about the election, is is that enough to motivate people outside of this far-left radical base doing all this? Because it's not all Democrats. It's not. A lot of Pennsylvania Democrats voted for Trump. Is that enough to get people to go out in the numbers they need to take Trump out in these states electorally that determine the electoral college? And see, the answer is, I'm not sure it is. You see, the, the one thing that I love about the president, number one, he can take more incoming fire. I mean, you want to talk about threats. I think an awful lot about blowing up the White House. When's the last time an actor killed a president? Maybe it's time uh, or severed heads of Donald Trump and everything. Russia, Russia, stormy, stormy, asshole, asshole, this, that, Russia, racist, racist. They throw these words around. It's not going to work to me. Muller, Muller. And as I watch, results matter. Geraldo, proof is in the pudding. And the, I, I, Dan is right. The country wanted a non-politician, an iconoclast, a fighter, somebody that stands by his word, keeps to his agenda, doesn't stop fighting. You're not going to turn the switch off. The same the fight president. that is brought the same fight that turned this economy around from Biden, Obama, 13 million more Americans on food stamps, 8 million more in poverty, the lowest labor participation rate since the 70s, worst recovery since the 40s. Those guys, they're the ones that absolutely positively say they love, you know, look at all these big cities, Baltimore, 
Look at look at the damage they have done to our fellow Americans in these cities. How many 50 people shot in Chicago this weekend, Geraldo? 50, 50, not a peep out of these people that are 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 literally politicizing the tragedies in Dayton and the ones and the one in El Paso. Do they give a rip about the people in Baltimore? Do they give a rip about the people in Chicago? Decades of liberal leadership failure. Results Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Emphasize it. Do it with statistics. Show that Baltimore, one-fourteenth the size of New York, has more absolute murders than New York does. Talk about Chicago. Talk about, uh, you know, the failure of the Democratic machine. All fair game. Talk about the glowing statistics that you cited earlier. Great, great stuff. But for God's sakes, you can't go up there and say... I want to stop all Muslim immigrants. I want to stop them because you're going to figure Nobody's out. Nobody's ever said that, Geraldo. Nobody said. Wait a minute. He, but, he but wait a minute. Is, he, er, it, do, you, do you not have to worry if somebody grows up and believes in Sharia, which is the antithesis of our constitutional system? In other words, uh, the abuse of women, the persecution of Christians and Jews, killings of gays and lesbians. Do we have to worry if somebody comes from a country and they grew up believing that? Because that scares me a little bit. I'm telling you, Sean, once you go down that road and you start categorizing by class. No, I'm not. But but, but, but I'm not. But but Geraldo, you you grow up abusing women. You grow up in a society that persecutes Christians, Jews, kills gays and lesbians just because of who they are. Do we have to have a vetting system of some kind to make sure you don't want to bring those values with us? You want to race away from those values. Fair enough. You want to to Americanize everybody. That's what this country does. We're learning English, these immigrants, at the fastest rate. Immigrants have ever learned English. That's true. That is true. Even though there's more of them than ever before. It's the language of success in America. You know, I said I'm on the east end of Long Island. It seems sometimes like half the people here are Mexican. Everybody working on the construction and the wait, uh, the wait staff and the restaurants. And they're all like, you know, you never hear about them because they're, the heads are down. They're doing the law abiding that you can, you can, you, you can't generalize. Nobody's gone, generalizing, you know, but just I, in but the same way that I've done on the wall. Dan Bongino, I don't like how human beings are treated under real harsh Sharia law, like Saudi Arabia, like uh, Iran. That bothers me. Yeah. That doesn't, doesn't bother a lot of liberals. You'd think they'd be more concerned about that because they're uh, concerned about pointing out the failures of the United States. But just to correct again, Geraldo, there was no Muslim ban. I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, exactly. That's Never a good point, a too. Listen, complaining about Trump's rhetoric is, a, is, is fair game. I get it. I don't disagree with it. But listen, blaming him for these tragedies completely entirely out of bounds. Geraldo. Mr. President. Tear down this wall. The people. You're the president. <laughs> you're the president of all the people. The way you've behaved in the last 72 hours, your language has been absolutely magnificent. Keep it up. We'll Join continue. Thank you both. Nation. 
Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. He didn't talk about anything about the gun reform. He didn't talk anything about the two bills that are sitting at the steps of a machine gun Mitch McConnell, uh, where the background check and closing the Charleston loophole are sitting at the Senate. And it's time for Mitch McConnell to get off his rear end and do something. What I was looking for today, Andrea, was for that, 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 that radicalizer in chief to come out and say, I personally rebuke and reject the ideology of hate. Isn't the Fed cutting rates now just going to make the next economic downturn worse? I've been hoping for a recession. People hate me for it, but yeah, it, it would get rid bad. of Trump, so you shouldn't hate me for it. I mean, recessions are really bad. People lose their jobs and their I homes, know. And, we, and we shouldn't wish it's worth it. But what he has got to understand is that when you have language that is racist, that is virulently anti-immigrant, there are mentally unstable people in this country who see that as a sign to do ter terrible, terrible things. He is inciting hatred, inciting violence, inciting racism. If he doesn't unequivocally call it off and say this is wrong and we stand together against this and we are doing this, this and this to help fight hate crime. I mean, this is a president who seems to want these things to happen. How else can, can this be explained? Uh, Kirsten, the president, reading off of a teleprompter, uh, condemned racism, he condemned white supremacy, but at rallies, in his tweets, he says things that fuel those beliefs and people who support them. We've seen this pattern before. Right. I mean, it's the arsonist coming and saying they want to help put out the fire, right? I mean, he's, he's the one who created the fire in the first place. And this is an issue that resonates with voters. This is an issue that resonates with young people who have grown up in the age of mass shootings, afraid that they may come to their school because it has become a way of life. It seems to me that this political issue could be something that the Democrats could get some traction on. Oh, let's politicize them. Let's get traction on it. And let's be Elizabeth Warren and the DNC. Let's raise money on a tragedy within seconds, hours after it occurs. Because that's exactly what they've done. That's exactly what they always do. You know, the fact that the shooter in Dayton, of course, was a Elizabeth Warren supporter and a huge socialist and hated Trump and hated Republicans. That has not been discussed, as we have pointed out many times here. Uh, nor did they bring up 37 mass shootings taking place under Obama, nor did they mention Obama in Chicago. Huh. His home city and the carnage that took place during the entire eight years. You know, it's it's pretty amazing when when you think of it. So Obama finally comes out with his statement and he says that, you know, divisive rhetoric is uh, is 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 bad for the country. And, and he's going out there telling everybody, um, yeah, we, this rhetoric is, is horrible. Well, I there's something called audio and videotape. We have access to it. You decide if you think this is divisive. Reduce the polarization and meanness in our politics. I mean, Republicans in Congress right now have shown over and over they'll do anything to rig the system for those at the top, even if the obstruction keeps the system rigged against the middle class. Middle class families can't wait for Republicans in Congress to do stuff. So sue me. Say that climate change constitutes a serious threat to global security. Denying it or refusing to deal with it endangers our national security. It undermines the readiness of our forces. You, you've seen an extreme faction 
of the Republican Party that has shown again and again and again that they're willing to hijack the entire party and the country and the economy. Same way members of Congress and the House Republicans in particular don't get to demand ransom in exchange for doing their jobs. That, that ideological extremism and maximalist position uh, is much more prominent right now in the Republican Party. I think it's somewhat ironic uh, to see uh, some members of Congress wanting to make common cause with the hardliners in Iran. You don't negotiate by putting a gun to the other person's head, or worse yet, by putting a gun to the American people's head by threatening a shutdown. Think about what we could do if a reckless few didn't hold the economy hostage every few months. It is not a negotiation when I show up at your house and say, give me everything inside or I'm going to burn it down. What we're not for is negotiating with people who have a bomb strapped to their chest. The, the Republicans have provided a laundry list of essentially ransom demands. I cannot think of a more potent recruitment tool for ISIL than some of the rhetoric that's been coming out of here during the course of this debate. They are promoting policies that harm millions of Americans. They're not necessarily cold-hearted. They just sincerely believe that if we give more tax breaks to a fortunate few and we invest less in the middle class and we reduce or eliminate the safety net for the poor and the sick and we cut food stamps and we cut Medicaid and we let banks and polluters and credit card companies and insurers do only what's best for their bottom line without the responsibility of the rest of us, then somehow the economy will boom and jobs and prosperity will trickle down to everybody. The tone of our politics hasn't gotten better since I was inaugurated. In fact, it's gotten worse. Oh, okay. News Roundup Information Overload Hour. Kaylee McEnany, National Press Secretary, Trump 2020 campaign. Uh, Jeff Lord, author of the uh, bestseller Swamp Wars, uh, Donald Trump and the New American Populism versus the Old Order. Um, well, I do have numbers to back it up. You'd hardly know from the media coverage today, uh, guys. Kaylee, we'll start with you, but a total of 293 people were killed in mass shootings under Obama including the 2016 Orlando Massacre, 58 people mowed down there, and Fort Hood, 13 dead. Uh, Aurora, that was 12 people dead. Newtown, Connecticut, 26 killed, including 26 uh, and 7-year-old kids. And I don't blame Obama for that at all, nor do I blame Bernie Sanders for the shooting at the ball field, uh, nor would I blame Elizabeth Warren for what happened in Dayton this weekend. That's exactly right. The blame game has got to end. Uh, the fact is we've had mass shootings going back to 1999 with Columbine and even before that. You know, this has happened in our society. Uh, and to play the blame game doesn't help anyone. And look, you know, we've seen horrific shootings in synagogues across this country. Uh, and you didn't see the right come out and blame the anti-Semitic rhetoric that we've heard from members of the squad. You mentioned the Bernie example. There are others like the attack on the ICE facility and AOC using the word concentration camp that was then echoed by that attacker. The fact is we could do the same thing with the Dayton shooter who was an Elizabeth Warren supporter, but the right does not do this. What we do is try to come up with solutions, which is what President Trump did. And being solution-oriented is the answer here, not pointing fingers. Mm -hmm. And Jeff, I'll let you weigh in. Pretty hypocritical. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable. But I must say, it's not unexpected. I mean, what you've got here is a political party that that 
throughout its entire history uses race and the language of racism to get elected, to win elections. That's what they're all about. That is exactly what they're doing right here. They need this to, to win. And they will exploit it mercilessly. And it is totally shameful. The good news here is that President Trump isn't going to let him get away with it. I mean, he's doing exactly what he should be doing in terms of pulling for national unity. The the leftists who were crazed about that New York Times headline, uh, well aside, uh, he is doing exactly the right thing. But at some point, there needs to be a reckoning about the kind of language and the policies that these people have, because they are dividing the country and they are doing it deliberately with the idea that they'll win an election. Well, I think at the end of the day, I mean, there's going to be crazy people on all sides of the political spectrum. There's also something that is real. It's called mental illness. There are people just like you have cancer and we more people understand cancer. I know when I've met people throughout my life that are mentally ill, they're unhinged, they have uh, manic depressive issues, they have anxiety issues, they have serious uh, paranoid delusion um, um, illnesses They, they don't even they're disconnected from reality issues. Some people. Uh, Do I fully understand it? No, but it's absolutely a medical scientific certainty. Uh, What causes a better job with HIPAA laws? Uh, You you know, the notion that this this guy in Ohio had issues that that you know appropriate people knew about, and so he goes to get a gun, and nothing is said because apparently you can't put that kind of information on his background here that would be findable. That's a problem. I think it's a huge problem. Look, I don't think this is going to be the defining moment for the 2020 campaign. I think what you have is now the same people that said Russia, 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 collusion, 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 stormy, 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 asshole, asshole, asshole. You guys know this well because you both worked at a network that lived on this. You know, for them, it was the equivalent of of media crack, hate cocaine, of, of hating Donald Trump and feeding their addiction of hating Trump every day. But that's what they did and that's what they do. But it's the same people, the same commentators, the same networks that perpetrated lies, conspiracy theories and a hoax on the American people for two and a half years. And there's been no self-reflection, introspection here, Kaylee McEnany. There's been no no shift, no change, no admonishment from within. They just doubled down on stupid and they doubled down on this psychotic rage and hate that they have for this president. That's right. You know, they tried this in 2016. They called President Trump every name under the sun. uh, And they haven't learned that that didn't work. It didn't work on November 8th. It's not going to work this time on November 3rd. But it was absolutely sickening in the aftermath of these shootings, 31 people dead, to turn on the Sunday shows and watch Democratic presidential candidate after candidate call the president a white supremacist, despite President Trump having denounced white supremacy at least 14 times, and yet again yesterday, uh, and instead of having a discussion about how to fix this, we have name-calling. It is a fact that 81% of shooters communicate their intent beforehand, 59% to multiple people, and 93% have demonstrated signs of behavioral issues. So instead of talking about how we stop this from happening, they're calling the president a white supremacist. How sick, how disgusting, and what a dishonor to the victims who lost their lives. We should be talking about how... Do you remember how I was hammered? I just got the living daylights. I was pummeled daily because I pointed out the fact that 
that Barack Obama spent 20 years in the pews of, you know, the Church of GD America, and America's chickens have come home to roost, and black liberation theology, and that I pointed out, Jeff, you would remember this, Ayers and Dorn and, and Bill Ayers of all days, September 11, 2001, New York Times, uh, you know, former member of the Weather Underground, bombing the Capitol, uh, New York City police headquarters, other bombings, quote, we, I wish we did more. Um, yeah. He started his political career in that guy's house. Now we know there was a hidden picture of him hanging out with Louis Farrakhan, a virulent anti-Semite and a well-known racist. Um, and yet none of the media ever would bring that up. Or Hillary's mentor, former Klansman, Robert Byrd, Bill Clinton's mentor, J. William Fulbright, former segregationist. You know, what does it take for some some level of objectivity? I mean, I, I vividly remember what was said about you at the time, and I, I, I mean, and this this goes exactly to the point. This is the party of slavery and segregation, and identity. Now it's identity politics. I have a column in the Spectator today about how poisonous this is. That it has a heritage to it, and there is a a quote in a New York Times article, in a recent New York Times article, that there's a debate going on within the Democratic Party about whether they should campaign on things like health care and jobs or whether they should use race to win the election. Well, duh. What do you think they're going to do? But this they've done they it every... Do. I've chronicled it now. I can take it back to whatever year you want. And right. it's it's like, uh, you know, elect Republicans and black churches are going to burn. And if you elect George Bush... Uh, it's like my father was killed all over again when Bush supported the death penalty right. for the for the evil murderers in the James Byrd dragging death. Or they're going to say that Republicans don't even want to count you in the census like Al Gore or, you know, Joe Biden. They're going to put you all back in chains. I mean, this is what they do. Beto O'Rourke should look in the mirror before he talks about the president as a racist. Yeah. All right. We got to uh, take a break here. 800-941-SEAN. Toll-free telephone number. Kaylee McEnany and Jeff Lord with us. We're going to hit the call our phones right after this. All right. Final thoughts. Then we're going to get to your calls. 800-941-SEAN. Uh, if you want to be a part of the program, final half hour of the program, Kaylee McEnany and Jeff Lord. Um, I want the president to turn Baltimore into Woolman Rink and show all these cities that have deteriorated under decades of liberal politicians being in charge is it possible to do that with a partnership with like bernie marcus what do you think kaylee we have 30 yeah, seconds each possible yeah the president's doing it we're seeing it with opportunity zones i was just in detroit at the democrat debates and had a woman say to me i'm a business owner i see it happening in our community absolutely if anyone can do it president trump can Absolutely. And, you and, you know, as I understand it from no less than the Baltimore Sun, there's a group of conservatives in Baltimore this minute cleaning up some of the trash that have volunteered to come in there and help, and they're doing it. So, yes, absolutely he could do this and make this a woman type, type of thing. This is a great moment. Uh, thank you both. And then he can say to every big liberal city that has, I mean, look at New York City. They have more homeless people now than they've had since the Great Depression. Look at the L.A. encampments. Look at a mile away from Nancy Pelosi's house. You know, drug addicts shooting up in the street. Needles everywhere. People defecating, urinating in the streets. The smell is atrocious. Anyway, quick break. Right back. And your calls are straight ahead. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN. Uh, if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, Linda gave me an update on Baton Rouge. Not an active situation. It did entail another Walmart 
Um, we've been watching it, and the bottom line is some panic ensued after a shooting. Apparently, no deaths, no injuries that we know of at this point. Linda? Right, that's correct. So, I mean, basically, they're following this all day, and, uh, you know, they're just happy that it wasn't um, an act, a mass shooting like it was at El Paso because they were looking out for copycat crimes. Well, look, I... This always, almost always happens, and you watch for these events. One of the things with radical Islamic terrorists, you you watch for things to happen one, and then another, and then another, and then another, and then another. You know, we I've been reading data that Al Qaeda is reorganizing. I know we had the death of Bin Laden's son, you know, in the past week, which is a good thing. He can rot in hell with his father um, because he was a part of the same sick, twisted, evil ideology. It really doesn't matter what sick, ugly, twisted, evil ideology you buy into. And it doesn't matter if it's radical Islamic terrorism. Doesn't matter if it's white supremacy. Doesn't matter if it's, you know, nutcases uh, that are anti-Semitic. They're all evil. It's all the, just a variation of evil. And our job is to protect, as a country, our family. You know, the fact that we can go through the statistics and look at the weekend and we see every weekend in every big major city now 50 shootings on a weekend in chicago i'm like okay what have we done to stop it because we've been reporting on it for years i don't know if you saw hannity last night linda did you see what i did i i went back to the obama years when i put up all the names that nobody's ever heard of that was shot and shot and killed in chicago and we just we scrolled like for the whole show because nobody ever heard of those names. And I know people, if there's a high-profile incident and they can politicize it, they, well, in this case, they want to use what happened in El Paso and say, oh, this guy's a, a crazy, you know, manifesto-writing, right-wing nut job that likes Donald Trump. Actually said at the end of his manifesto, you're going to blame Trump, but I've had these views long before Donald Trump ever came on the scene. But, but it's just politics. You're politicizing a tragedy. And then some people are going to just give out the same ridiculous uh, non-answers. They don't really want solutions. They want the political issue for themselves. They say, all right, we've got to take guns, gun buyback programs. You know, we've got to get past that, too. There is a way to protect every school, every school in every district all across the country, every single one of them. And the main thing I would do is I would have retired police, retired military. And I'd make a really good deal for them. If you donate, these are the professionals that we send to war. These are the professionals that that were armed every day on their jobs. These are people that have been trained to deal with active shooters. These are people that also love their communities. They'd love to give back. Now, if you give them, if they can donate 15 hours a week and donate the time to schools, churches, wherever we need them, municipal buildings, then I say every one of them doesn't have to pay a penny in any income tax, state or federal. No income taxes, maybe even take away their property tax bill if they give 15 hours a week for the school year. I think that would be a creative way to keep every school safe. You, you secure the perimeter. You have them dressed in a suit professionally. Nobody's seeing their guns out. But if something happens, they're there on the scene right there to stop Anybody that gets in that wants to perpetrate evil on innocent people. And the same thing. If you got to put a metal detector in every school, put it in. 
You know what? Is it inconvenient? Yeah. Is it a sign that it's not the good old days? Yeah. Leave it to beavers long gone. That's that. Those days are gone. What is the other alternative? And every person that says they want to go, uh, you know, somehow take away this weapon, this weapon, this weapon. 99% of these people have no clue that, quote, the big name assault weapons. Well, you can get one version of the exact same gun if it doesn't have cosmetic differences, one is legal and one is not legal. That's how stupid the politicians are. Number two, Americans have a right to defend themselves. Politicians, they have armed guards. Hollywood liberals, rich actors and actresses, they have their armed guards. Average American has themselves. And if something, God forbid, ever happens in your house, I ask all of you, what are you going to do? I know what I'll do. I am prepared for any scenario, and I have been for years. No, I don't have security. I have me. I'm my security. But I've taken measures to protect myself and my family. That's just the right thing to do. There are crazy, insane people. And if you're in the public eye, as I have been now for 30 years of my life, trust me. I've had many instances where we have had real and credible threats against me. Linda, true or false? Just in case people very don't believe true. me. No, it's very, very okay. true. Okay, more true than people would believe, right? It's pretty scary stuff. It's pretty scary stuff. I had an assistant, this the, the sweetest girl you'd ever meet, Linda, one of Linda's best friends and a dear friend of ours. And Elise, I'll just give her first name, worked for me. How many years did Elise work for me? She's Seven. done great. All right, seven years. And she was my assistant. And guess what? She opened my mail. And guess what was in the mail? White powder. And guess what happened to Elise for the next 12 hours? She was in quarantine. Nobody could talk to her. Nobody could go near her. Uh, scared out of her mind. Thank God it turned out to be nothing. Um, that's why if you send me mail and I don't write back, I'm not being rude. I don't get it. It doesn't come to me. It never reaches me. And I'm, I'm not being rude. Uh, it's unfortunate. These are the times we live in. Same thing has happened to Donald Trump's family. Same thing happens to the president. You know, all these people, you think it's funny? Johnny Depp saying when's the last time an actor shot a president? Obviously referring to uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln. Maybe it's time. I think an awful lot about blowing up the White House. Severed heads of President Trump. I can spend hours going through the vile hatred rhetoric of the left against the president of course that's irrelevant in the minds of the media mob the, the greatest evidence that it's all about politics is on the same weekend within hours of each other you have two separate events one by the guy in el paso uh who's a nut and apparently says oh, i've had these these views about immigrants and coming in into the country etc okay he's a nut job he's a jackass and then you got a left-wing jackass in Dayton. The media seems to only want to talk about the one jackass, the one that they can use to bludgeon Trump and say his words caused this man, even though the guy wrote, nope, I've had these views long before him. It still doesn't matter. What about the jackass that supports Elizabeth Warren or the jackass that shot up Steve Scalise and company when they were practicing for a charity baseball or softball match, whatever it was? It's 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 like Kavanaugh all over again. Yeah, I believe, but I don't have no I believers with the lieutenant governor of the Commonwealth. Oh, my gosh. Obstruction of justice. Only Trump. 
Now, Trump had no underlying crime. We have four investigations. No Russia collusion, no conspiracy, no underlying crime. The big claim to fame for obstruction was the president's pissed off. He's been accused of something that he didn't do. And it's interrupting his presidency and taking 50 percent of his day up. And he's sick of it. And he's venting because he knows he didn't talk to any Russian. And then Hillary has a Russian dossier. And then Hillary did violate the Espionage Act. Everybody admits she committed the felonies, but she got a pass because they liked her. And then, of course, obstruction. Not one of these critics of obstruction care a, a lick about, oh, what about the subpoenaed emails, deleted, the bleach bit, the hammers, the SIM cards? You know, it's it's selective moral outrage. It's not real. The same people, the same cast of characters, the same psychotic, raging Trump haters in the Democratic Party and the media mob, which is just an extension of the Democratic Party. They're out in full force every second minute hour of every day hating on Trump. The dog bites, if the beast stings, if you're feeling sad, and even if Trump cured cancer and gave every American a couple of million bucks, they'd still hate him. If he adopted every one of their dumb, failed policies, they'd still hate him at this point. Because now it's like they're like drug addicts. They need their daily fix. Their eyes open up in the morning. How can I hate Trump today? How can I attack him today? And they live in this little bubble world of theirs where... They they feed on each other. No, no, no. He's really, really, really racist. No, 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 no. Really, 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 really racist. No, you're wrong. He's really, 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 you know, trying to outdo each other. And it's just a level of insanity. But for them, it's political. The fact that people are fundraising off the El Paso shooting now is sick. This is not normal. This there's a certain ugly underbelly to that that is incomprehensible to me these are american citizens it doesn't matter the the evil that was perpetrated against evil is evil and the evil is atrocious and these families will never be the same again now these families they have to actually bury their loved ones right now but people are going to raise money on this are you you've you've got to be kidding me but it's happening Get to our busy phones. Uh, Rusty, Texas, Sean Hannity Show. Hey, Rusty, how are you? Hi, Sean. How you doing? I'm good, my friend. What's going on? Hey, I'm calling because uh, over the weekend I was hearing about this active shooter stuff going on, and uh, one of the things that concerned me as I'm reading these articles is that when people were shopping in Walmart, they started hearing the pops at the front of the store, and instead of just accepting the fact that there's gunshots and, and leaving the store, they, they kind of waited and looked around to see what people were doing. Then, instead of leaving out the back of the store, they started hiding in storage containers in the back of the store. Uh, one of the things that I do is I actually teach civilians how to respond to active shooter events. And the first thing you have to do is avoid the event, if at all possible. So if you hear gunshots, accept the fact that they're gunshots and, and get out of the whole area if you can. If you can exit the store, exit. Then if you can't, deny them access to wherever it is you are. And if you can't deny them access to where you are, then it's time to defend yourself with everything you've got. Well, look, uh, the USCCA, they advertise on the program, but they teach this very thing. Um, do you yeah. know in New York, look, I have to be aware as a, a responsible gun owner. I mean, there was a point I had to take out three bullets out of my clip because there were only seven bullets allowed in a gun. 
and I I, I, I obey uh, the law. Whatever the law is, and I don't like it. I don't think it's fair. I've carried a firearm, let's see, my years in Rhode Island, my year, five years in California, five years in, in Rhode Island, two years in Alabama, four years in Georgia, and most of my years back in New York. I've, I've carried a firearm from my 20s on. And I am right. well-trained in safety and security. People call me and say, well, what, what gun do you think I should get, Hannity? And my answer is, well, where do you want to, what gun do you want to get trained in the use of? You just don't yeah, go to a gun right. store and buy a gun. That's dumb. And I tell people, right. don't go buy a gun you've never shot. Get a lesson. There are professional people that love to, to, to teach firearm safety. They'd love to do it. If you're going to own a gun, uh, know that it can kill people. And most gun owners, to their credit, take safety. I've been around rangers my whole life. People around rangers are safe as if they're almost perfectly safe. You know, and, and by the way, if they see somebody that is irresponsible, let me tell you something. They're going to get an earful and their ass is going to be thrown out of that. That shooting range immediately. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Now, uh, yes, we're going to interview tomorrow uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio. Now, I got to give de Blasio, don't you give de Blasio credit? Now, he, look, he, he needs I'll give him credit when I actually see the interview. Oh, you think he's going to bail? I don't know if he's going to bail or not. You think he might bail? I don't know. I know, I think he, why would he say he's coming if he's not going to come? Bill, Bill does a lot of things and says a lot of things he doesn't Bill, do, so we'll see. Let me tell you, Bill has said publicly he's coming. If he doesn't come, he's going to look stupid. He's going to look like a chicken. Right. And I'm going to try and be fair to him. It's, how this interview goes will not be decided by me. Um, we have a great Hannity tonight. The latest on this double standard hypocrisy. It's insane. Uh, well, a full coverage tonight on Hannity, the, who you just heard from before. We had a great debate, Geraldo. And Dan Bongino, also Mark Levin, Ari Fleischer, Charlie Hurt, Lawrence Jones, Ben Carson. All right, see you tonight at 9. As always, thank you for giving us this microphone. Thank you for being with us. See you tonight. Back here tomorrow.